All right, that's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Let's see how fast I went through my intro. Probably fast enough. Yes. So I'm just, because we want to do groups and after party, I'm going to speak a little shorter. Justin said I have up to an hour. <laughs> Y'all didn't laugh. That was a joke. <laughs> Y'all are like, dang. <laughs> Bring in the foreign pastor, and he speaks for a long time. Okay. I was born here. My parents are foreign, though. Um, no, no, I'm going to speak shorter, and then we're going to have after party hang out. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark 8. Mark 8, it, it's really one scripture. We're going to look at many scriptures, but it's kind of our key scripture for tonight. We're going to get there later, though. We're going to get to Mark 8 later. You don't have to put it on the screens right now. Production beast, they will not listen to me, and they'll stare at the slide. That wasn't bash. It's just real life. I would stare at the slide, too, if it was up there. Mark 8, uh, verse 34 is where we will be in a little bit. That's our pastor tonight. But before our passage, I want to set up an idea for y'all, a thought, really, that I, that I believe the Lord has spoken to me to encourage you guys. I just believe I have a word for tonight for you guys. I was listening to this leadership podcast, and you might be like, oh, that's cheesy. But this is what it is. And the leadership podcast was a bunch of pastors, or a couple pastors, it's their podcast, and they were interviewing another pastor. Her name is Charlotte Gamble. And she's a pastor in the UK. Her and her husband pastor in her church. She actually came to our woman conference a couple years ago. She's amazing. Ladies, we have a woman conference in literally one month. Shout out. It's amazing. It's right here. If you've never heard of it, we'll probably talk about it sometime. You should go. You should go. Girls who've already been, take them. Take the ones who haven't been. Okay, anyways. And she was speaking at their youth conference. And they were talking about your generation, 16 and up, 16 to whatever, whatever Gen Z is, right? And she said this phrase that I have been thinking, I heard it in May, I've been thinking it about, thinking about, and as I've been praying for you guys and preparing to speak to you guys, I felt like the Lord gave me something to share with y'all. And she said this, she said, it's been said of your age group that your age group has access over ownership, access over ownership, and I'll explain. Let me give you some practical examples. Airbnb, Uber, Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Spotify, YouTube, Bite Squad. Instagram, freelance jobs where you don't really work for someone or contract jobs. You have access to things that people 10, 20, 30 years ago didn't have access to. I bought Disney movies when I was little. You have Disney Plus, right? We bought CDs and stuff and y'all have Spotify. And yes, you have to pay for access to these things. So as I say that, this is not a bash. This is just where we're at in culture. You guys have access, but when we tend to have more access to things or bend towards more access, we have less ownership at times. And so let me give you some differences into access often costs less, ownership costs more. Access can tend to be a smaller commitment, ownership can be a bigger commitment. Access often you're a consumer, ownership you're a contributor because you own it. And really the biggest difference is you treat things and people different when you own it. So access is not a bad thing but rather ownership might be a little better. Now let's, when I was praying for, I was thinking about the things of God. And if we aren't careful, spiritually speaking, I think we could settle, or your generation can settle because you have access to so many things. You can settle with just the access in your relationship with God. You could settle with just the access to community. You could settle with the access to a church. And access isn't a bad thing. I'm not bashing. Yeah, I know I can hang out with God. Yeah, I grew up around the things of God. Yeah, I know I have friends and I have social media. I can hang out with people I want. Yeah, I know there's a lot of churches in Conway and there's online church and I have access to all these things. But what if we could be missing out on what God really wanted to do in your generation, really wanted to do in this season of your life because he wants you to have ownership. He wants you to own your relationship with God. He wants you to own community. He wants you to own your role as the church in a local church. Now let's go to Mark 8. 
Jesus is teaching his disciples. He says this in three different gospels. When I read this, this is probably gonna be familiar to some of y'all. And really what he's talking about here is ownership. And he says this, then he called to the crowd, this is Jesus speaking along with the disciples, and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me surrenders their life, and for the gospel, I love this translation because it says both, will save it. And then we get a little bit of spicy Jesus at the end. What good is it, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world Yes, forfeit their soul. What good is it if we put in modern day language, I'm not trying to change the Bible, but just conjecture a little. What good is it if we gain access to the whole world, but forfeited our soul? What Jesus is saying, access to God is amazing, guys. Access to God is the starting point. Access to God, that's what he wants. But what Jesus is saying in this passage is a true the way you take ownership in your relationship with me is you follow me. Because with the utmost respect, and I was at this place when I was your age, there is a difference in just believing in Jesus and following Jesus. And he's saying, hey, ownership is denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following me. What I love about following Jesus that the scripture teaches, that my life teaches you, I will promise you three things of what Jesus promises. I wish I could talk about this more. I don't got time. When you follow Jesus, you're gonna find your identity, you're gonna find victory, and you're gonna find purpose every single time. You can bank on it. Scripture talks about it. That's a life of Christ. Now, is that always easy? No. Do you have to make sacrifice? Yes. Does sometimes to find out who you are in Christ, you have to forget or be renewed to who you used to be? Yes. Do you have to give up things and give up control to God sometimes? That's hard, yes. But he wants you to find those things. And really what I would say in our context of today is, Man, when we follow Jesus, that's when we find our place. In him, in his community of believers, and in the body. So the, for the few rest, short of the minutes, I just wanna give you three areas, and we've already said it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, confuse you or overcomplicate this, that we need to have ownership in order to find our place, okay? The first area is we gotta have ownership in your relationship with God. Ownership in your relationship with God. If you're taking notes or you just wanna memorize, I made up that word just now. You know, growing up in the South, I don't know, I'm sure all y'all are from the South, but in the South, of the culture of the Bible Belt, most of you have had access to God or learned about God or grew up going to church. I did not grow up going to church, so I, but I still had the access. I live in Oklahoma City. I could have gone to church at the time, but that wasn't my family. But just because you have access to God doesn't mean you follow God. And I'm not saying that to challenge you, but there really is two different things. And Beth and I have been blessed to lead college-age people, young adult people for a long time, and one of my favorite things that has happened, guys, I don't have the number, 50, 60, 70 times someone like you, even this year in our internship, has looked me and Beth in the eye and said something like this when they begin to own their relationship with God. When they begin to follow him and grow in him and experience him, they said something like this. I feel like I have finally made my relation with God my own. I used to live off my parents' faith, or some would say my best friend's faith but it's finally now me and God, my relationship with God. For those of you who happen to be at church this morning, Pastor Marcus reminded us that, hey, God doesn't have grandkids. He has sons and daughters. And when you and I start to own our relationship with God, things start to change. 
So in this time in your life, and some of y'all have already done this earlier in your life, earlier in your teens, earlier in high school, and that's amazing. I challenge you to keep walking it. But for me, when I was in your age, I had to take this time in my life to begin to own my relationship with God. Let me coach you. No one can do it for you. It's you and God. People can help you, people can support you, but it's your decision to own it, to walk in it, to enjoy it, to seek God like you never have before, to spend time with him and learn from him and allow him to help you and encourage you. And sometimes that takes trust in areas that you didn't trust. Or sometimes that takes faith in areas you don't have faith. Or maybe you grew up in a home like I did where it was hard to trust and it was hard to believe and sometimes we connect that with God but you gotta remember you have a good father who sent his son who laid his life down for you and he wants to give you good things and he wants to grow and mature you and we as a ministry and we as a church wanna do our best, Justin already said it, to help you own your relationship with God. So access is great but that's just the beginning with Jesus. He wants you to have ownership, amen. Number two, we wanna have ownership within our community or within community, biblical community, ownership within community. If this time during the pandemic has taught us anything, or I know it's taught me, it's reminded me that we need relationships, amen? We need them. And technology is awesome, guys, like the access we have to people like never before and FaceTime and text and social media, like just to be real with y'all, yesterday my grandmother passed away and uh, she lives in Iran, and I've never met her uh, because of just how the Middle East has been, and I never really had an opportunity to go, because, but I called my dad, it's my dad's mom yesterday, to check on him. Whoa, no emotions, no emotions, we're good. I can't have emotions like we're preaching. Okay, I, I'm a crier, I've just, I gotta stay on track here. So that was like, I'm also a therapist, so I'm not trying to tell you don't have emotions, that came out really wrong, but I was gonna cry, and once I start crying, I'm like a waterfall, and then you're like, who's this guy crying? This is real cool. Okay, anyways, I called my dad yesterday to check on him, and this is so cool. He said, I'm so thankful for technology. My 68-year-old dad and FaceTime is I got to see my mom in her last minutes and hours before she passed. And my, my aunt was there and just showing him. So I'm not, I'm not here to bash technology or bash social media. That's not what I'm doing. But, but I am here to remind you after a pandemic and really in a pandemic still that nothing can replace face-to-face interaction. Nothing can replace life on life. Nothing can replace meals together and coffee together and being in each other's homes and apartments and dorm rooms till late at night and going out and having fun together and working out together and dreaming with each other and having fun. Nothing can replace that. But you gotta take ownership in your community. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, just an awesome verse, says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. That verse was written long ago, but it's so relevant for today. But encouraging one another all the more as the day is approaching. It's sad over the last year and a half, we have access to relationships, but we find more people lonely and isolated than ever. And even some people have gotten to a place where they've given up on relationships. And I don't know, everyone's different how they got there, but this can't be us, church. We gotta fight for community, why? So we can spur one another, motivate one another to love and to good needs, to check on each other, to serve each other, to do life with each other, to motivate each other, to empower each other, to show up for each other when things are hard like a family member dies, but also to rejoice when the other, when things are pretty awesome. We need relationships in the church. And let me just be bold to say this. The church isn't the only place you find relationships. Me and Justin aren't here like, wow, you met a friend at school, that's lame. (laughs) Wow, you met a friend at work, no, no, no. 
please, I hope you find life-giving relationships everywhere, work, school, around, around Conway. That's awesome. But we do are trying to foster environments where you can experience life-giving relationships here, authentic relationships here. And what I said earlier, imperfect people who need Jesus just like you and I. That is our prayer. But relationships are a two-way street, guys. And as someone older than you, especially coming out of the pandemic, it's easy to get to the place where no one called me, no one texted on me, no one reached out. That might be real, and I'm sorry, but relationships are two ways. Who did you call? Who did you reach out to? Who did you check on? Who did you ask for help? Hey, oftentimes we live in a generation that we want to help people, we want to encourage people, but we don't want to be helped. That's a false humility. Let me, t- Pastor Dad hats cup it on. That's a false humility. That's actually pride. Because if I were to ask you, hey, if your best friend, we're away from the notes, if your best friend withheld from you that they weren't doing well and you, they didn't let you know, most of y'all, if not, y'all will get frustrated, right? Turn it around. We do that often to the closest people around us communicate when you're not doing well, communicate when you need help, communicate when you need prayer. That's authentic community and that's ownership in relationship. Last time I checked, we can't read minds, but we also have to be life on life because sometimes you'll just see it on the people closest to you. You'll feel it on the people closest to you, amen? Last point, ownership as the church. Ownership as the church. So we're gonna be ownership in our relationship with Jesus Ownership and community, ownership as the church. You know, since COVID, I've noticed as someone who pastors young adults, kind of a shift in your generation. And now I don't like know every young adult in America, you know, so it's like, but just the people I see in Conway, the people I come across in Arkansas, the people I follow on social media, and some have felt like they don't need the church anymore or uh, they don't want to go to church anymore. And even a small group of people have become critical towards the church. And uh, I really can't put my finger on it. All I know is after quarantine time, this started happening. And just to be real, you really see it displaced in social media the most, which is hard. Uh, because as some of your pastors, if your church here, if you ever got to that place where you felt didn't connect to it, we would want to know to help or to bridge the gap in any way. But as someone who's older than you, if I could be pastor dad, that's what my interns call me. So if you're like, why are you calling yourself that? They call me that. It's just, you know, if I could be someone older than you, encourage you and really teach you something if you didn't know or remind you something if you forgot in terms of, hey, I don't know if I need the church anymore is you're the church and I'm the church. First Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. The church is the body of Christ. If you're a believer in this room, you're part of the body. So you're the church, and I'm the church. So when we say we don't need the church, we're saying we don't need each other, or we don't need ourselves, or we don't have a place. So it's almost an oxymoron. But you might be, maybe you've had a hard experience in church or someone didn't treat you well, and I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to minimize that, but if we get to a place where the church is the bride of Christ, not in the notes. So even the way we speak about the church or its people, one day we're gonna give an account for. I'm not saying we minimize hurt and pain but I am saying the church is the bride of Christ. And we have to be wise in that. But we as the church, the church isn't a building, it's a body. Yes, New Life Church is a building and it's a church. The church maybe you went to and growing up, high school, it was a church, but we are the body of Christ. We are the representatives for Jesus. We get to be light in a very dark world. We get to go serve people and love people. And when people see you, especially non-believers, you are the representation of Jesus to them. So we gotta stop, there's some narrative going on in your generation and even my generation that separates us and the church, but we're the church. So we gotta remember that, and now we need to be the church. 
if that's who we are, because we gotta be united. The way we show ownership as the church is we lock arms. We don't push each other away. We agree to disagree. That's an art that our parents' generations had that my generation, your generation has lost. You're not gonna agree with anyone 100% in this world. Sometimes the only thing you're gonna have in common with people in your generation is that you love Jesus and we minimize that when really that should be the greatest thing of all. There's so much division, we as the body have to lock arms and be side by side, five by five. What I love is in 1 Corinthians 12, in my Bible and NIV, the, the, the heading of this section says, unity and diversity in the body. The body of Christ is one body, many different parts. So if you are different than the person you're sitting next to in one way or a hundred ways, let me just tell you, that's on purpose because we're the body and we play different parts and you're different than them for a reason and your story's different and your family's different and your background's different and your ethnicity's different and your hometown's different and your spiritual gifts are different and how you came to Christ is different because God is uniting us to make one body and the more united we are out here and here is the more love we show out there. So yes, in this point, I could have talked to you about, hey, we're the, we're the church and I want you to be involved with the church. And yes, New Life Church, we're gonna have opportunities for you to get connected, but I wanted you to remember tonight coming from me, you're the church. I'm the church, let's go be the church. The world is hurting, the world is confused. We don't have to have all the answers. We love Jesus, we love others, we agree to disagree, we hold on to our convictions, but let's go be the church. Ownership in that. So my challenge for you, hey, where do we need to take some ownership? Is it one area, is it all three? And what, what I hope for this message, this is August, throughout this school year, I know all y'all are in school, throughout this school year, if the Holy Spirit reminds you, you can just do a test. It can be November, man, how am I owning my relationship with God? How am I owning my friends, my community? How am I owning being the church? Because our heart is when you have ownership in these areas, it's not a cheesy phrase. I believe the season of your life will be the best years of your life because of what God wants to do in you and through you because you don't settle for access. Access is a good thing. But you said, Jesus, I'm gonna take ownership. 2021, for a day as now, I'm gonna take ownership as far as it depends on me. Amen. Will you bow your heads? I wanna pray for y'all. Forgive me, I went a little long but very proud of you guys. I wanna pray for two groups of people. The first group of people, you know, we're talking about access to God and I told you some of my story, I didn't grow up in church. <laughs> so when I was your age, I was really hearing about Jesus for the first time in my life. And what's so cool about the gospel, the gospel is the good news, is that because of Jesus Christ, he gave us access to a relationship with God. Imagine like a key, Jesus was the key that opened a locked door to eternity. So other people who can open the door and, and you can see that, but he, maybe other people have had the door open in their life, but he is the key, he is the way, he is the truth and the life. So I do wanna pray for a group of people. If maybe you wanna have ownership in your relationship with God, but you've never been given access, well, I want you to know there's a man named Jesus who lived a life who died a death for you. He was the son of God. Scripture said he was perfect in any way, 
we're all sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus literally laid his life down for you and I to give us access to the Father, access to forgiveness, access to the Holy Spirit, access to grace, access to new life, access to freedom over sin that held us in bondage, access to purpose, access to forgive other people when we don't wanna forgive other people, access to wisdom when life is so confusing. And scripture says, all you have to do, your part of the ownership is you turn, you receive that gift. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it. You just receive it and you believe in your heart and you confess from out that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is the one who gave me access to heaven, access to new life. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, I just...